So you guys know how the Big 12 has been blessed for like 15 years to have the world's greatest press conference giver in the conference in Mike Gundy? I think he might have some competition with Jalen Hurts. Uh, look, um, I'm just going to say, you know, the culture here at Oklahoma right now is all centered on us playing our standard and us playing our brand of football. Um, and, you know, we try and go out there and have the right mental intensity, right effort, right approach to it, uh, attention to detail and discipline to do our jobs. And I think, you know, looking back at this last game we played in, there's a lot of opportunity and room for growth and maturity. Oklahoma won 45-20 to last week, and two of those touchdowns for Kansas came in garbage time. But Jalen did say some other pretty controversial stuff in this press conference. What makes a great rivalry game in your opinion? Yeah, every, everybody's a rival. Okay, 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 okay. I'm kidding. He didn't say anything controversial there. But at the end of the press conference, the legendary media troll, the guy that can can get under the stick under the craw of anybody, the enemy of many, many Oklahoma personalities, specifically Russell Westbrook, throughout his career, Barry Trammell, chimed in with a question, and I think he was finally able to draw Jalen offside when talking about Texas coach Tom Herman. Did you get to know Tom Herman at all? I assume he tried to recruit you when he was at uh, U of H. Did you guys develop any kind of relationship? Tom's a great coach. Coach, coach Tom Herman. I'm going to do this with the same amount of energy that Jalen brings to every press conference. This is the Big 12 Bullets. That doesn't get you jazzed up for the world's greatest rivalry game. I don't know what will. That was like having a smelling salt just inserted directly into your nose. I mean, your eyes must be watering. You, you, you must have your such heightened senses because your adrenaline is pumping. Because the quarterback of Oklahoma, the number four team in the nation, playing their biggest rival this weekend at the Cotton Bowl, said... It's every team's a rival. Yeah, I know. It's different. As an Oklahoma fan, it's very different having a quarterback like Jalen compared to Baker Mayfield. You know, you know, Baker, we know Baker. We know what he did. We know what he would do. We know the, the energy that he would bring, the chip on the shoulder, the the smack talk, the just the drive that he had that kind of got everyone to follow him. And then we had Kyler Murray last year, and Kyler didn't really say much. He was he was very similar to Jalen in just kind of his uh, calm nature, but he wasn't sort of openly antagonistic like Jalen is. Jalen is purposely not answering questions. Um, and he's exactly like Nick Saban, and it's kind of annoying. Um, but at the same time, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you've seen this team underachieve or almost reach that goal so many times over the last 20 years that maybe having a guy like a Nick Saban and like a Bill Belichick that just doesn't answer questions and is kind of a robot and kind of a weirdo, maybe that's what the team needs. I don't know. I mean, Jalen doesn't play defense, and really the truth is the team has just needed a defense the last few years. 
So I, I don't really know that it's the quarterback's um, uh, nature and the quarterback's attitude that has caused problems. Uh, it's really the defense. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the greatest rivalry game in the world, OU Texas, the Red River shootout. And we're, we're going to talk about the teams, what's going to make the difference in this game. Jalen Hurts will obviously be a big part of that. I just thought it was funny to, to kind of start with that because we're used to in this rivalry game all kinds of words being thrown back and forth and and some texas fans have actually texas fans some texas players have been throwing some barbs here and there i've seen just kind of a a lot of of sort of references to oklahoma not really having played anybody which is true um but texas the only team they've really played oklahoma state's a good team so they, they did get a good win there but uh, they lost to LSU, so you can't be proud of having played a team that's good if you lost to that team. Um, that's not really, you know, it, it's obviously better to play good teams, but when you lose the game, you don't get to talk smack. Uh, it's a moral victory. It's an Aggie victory. That's what we call that um, to to point to, hey, I mean, but the teams we played were, were good, and, you know, we gave up 500 yards to them, but they were good. No, you don't you don't get to do that. So this is definitely a put-up-or-shut-up type game. This is a game for two teams with a ton on the line and a ton to prove. Texas still has a shot at making the playoff because their loss is to a good LSU team. They have a shot of making the college football playoff, but they're going to have to beat Oklahoma certainly this weekend, and they might have to beat them again in the Big 12 championship game. We're also going to get into that idea as well. It's kind of a weird thing now with this rivalry that this isn't the only chance you're going to get to beat your rival. This isn't the only opportunity that you're going to have at a, a big win and a top 10 win against your most hated team in uh, the city, the general vicinity of Dallas. Um, and it kind of takes a little bit of the luster out of it. Just like the playoff itself kind of takes a little bit of the luster out of the regular season. You know, we, we talked about this for years that the college football regular season is the most valuable regular season because one loss and you're out a lot of times one loss and you're out maybe two losses and you're out but now with the playoff one loss is okay if you're gonna get some other big wins it's okay to have a loss or two no it's not okay to have two losses but it's okay to have one loss on your schedule because of the playoff because you just need to be in the top four not the top two it's a little bit less of a high bar and that does devalue the regular season only slightly just like this game is only slightly devalued and and one of the reasons I bring that up is is every year for a hundred plus years, the team that wins the Cotton Bowl or wins the Red River Shootout, which I'm going to keep calling that, sue me, the Red River Shootout in the Cotton Bowl gets to talk smack for a year, and as it happened for Texas, they got to talk smack for about four months. Uh, no, I'm sorry, they got to talk smack for two months. And then they lost in the Big 12 championship game. So, like, I saw Kyler Murray was was tweeting uh, something like, uh, you know, become a legend or something like that. So, just, just you know, kind of a generic uh, phrase. And then it had a highlight video of his highlights against Texas. And my first thought was, I mean, he did have a really good game in the second half of that, that game last year. He had that amazing uh, run, one of the best plays I've ever seen just in, as far as pure athleticism, pure speed. It was great. He led an amazing comeback that that just fell short. But in my mind, I thought, well, he kind of he lost that game. This isn't that big of, you know, I wouldn't be bragging about this. But 
then the highlight film sort of segued into the Big 12 championship game win. And it was like, ah, yeah, but he did beat Texas last time he played them. So, there, you know, that that he doesn't have a losing record against Texas. It's, it's kind of an odd thing. Now, I will say that if Oklahoma does win this game, Texas will then have two losses. Um, they would have to be absolutely perfect the rest of the season to make the Big 12 championship game, I think, um, because you have an undefeated so far Baylor team. Um, you do have, you know, other competition in the big 12 that could, um, that could win, win the, I guess, get second place in the big 12. So Texas has a little bit less of a margin for error just because they do already have that loss on their schedule. But I I think it's still lining up to the fact that both Oklahoma and Texas will be in that big 12 championship game. But of course, a million things happen. Neither team could be in it. You never know, but that does kind of take a, just a slight bit of luster off this, but it's still the Cotton Bowl. It's still split 50-50 on the 50-yard line. It's still the Texas State Fair, and it's actually going to be beautiful weather this year, and ticket prices are absolutely through the roof. I'm not going um, for the first time in a while, but it's just it's so expensive when both teams are good. Um, Oklahoma has been favored in this game for over 10 years. They've been good, obviously, but when you have uh, both teams good, you can't do the thing that I've done many times, which is buy like a $80 seat on the Texas side and then just stand on the Oklahoma side. Uh, when both teams are good, you get tickets in the $400 range on both sides, maybe cheapest at like 300 So it's a big, a big, big deal. What's going to make the difference in this game? Obviously, we can look at both quarterbacks. They're both very good. They've both been playing really, really well. Neither had an incredible game last week. Um, Jalen was pretty good. He uh, had less than 300 yards. He did throw an interception. It was a really weird interception. I can't even figure out whose fault it was, if it was anyone's fault, or if it was just an amazing play, or it was a lucky play. I don't know. That was a crazy interception. He rushed for uh, he rushed for several touchdowns. He is he didn't have the, the big yardage, uh, either rushing or passing, that he has in several games this year. Ellinger, same thing, had very low yardage, threw a really bad interception, and Texas actually struggled against West Virginia for a long time in this game. Oklahoma had it close against Kansas for a little while and then pulled away. Texas was close with West Virginia for a long time. Both teams did kind of go into those games with a little bit of that you know, eye towards the next week, and then Oklahoma turned it on and dominated Kansas. Texas took a long time to get going, um, and there were, there were some touchy moments in that game, but... Austin Kendall, former Oklahoma quarterback at West Virginia, threw four interceptions. So Texas defense, they they played they made some plays when they needed to make the plays. They they've been calling themselves DBU. We had that that sort of weird battle between them and, and LSU, and then both defensive back groups gave up hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of yards passing. So neither really should have been bragging after that game. Texas is, um, they're a solid team. They run the ball really, really well with several different guys. Colin Johnson should be back at receiver. He's a great receiver, but if he's not 100%, I don't really know what Sam Ellinger will, will sort of rely on with, if things get tough, if he's under pressure. If he's got Colin Johnson, that big body, the experienced player, he'll be bailed out several times by Colin Johnson. Now, last year when Oklahoma played Ellinger, he didn't need to pass it one time. It seemed all he had to do was just run it for four yards. Every play he, he got that almost the entire game when he would run the ball. So it'll be really interesting to see if they stick with that same strategy with Ellinger, 
He's been throwing it a lot more this year. His passing is significantly improved, and I think they would love to use that as a weapon. Obviously, you want to use it as a weapon. That's not like a hot take, but I think that they would rather protect him and not have him, you know, running these dives up the middle or these these zone reads where he's keeping it. At the same time, they want to they want to win the game, uh, and and that might be the most effective way to win the game is to just run it down Oklahoma's throat. Oklahoma, obviously, we've talked about this. Their defense is the key to this game. I don't even need to sort of break down Oklahoma's offense for you because if you've watched any college football over the last several years, you know what Oklahoma's offense can do. Jalen is a different quarterback than Baker and and Kyler, but he's still the same in that Lincoln Riley will make you a great quarterback, and he's got a bunch of weapons at receiver, C.D. Lamb um, and Charleston Rambo kind of lead the way there. Running backs, Trey Sermon, is the he'll be the uh, workhorse back for Oklahoma this week. But the real key on all of this, I again, I have no doubt Oklahoma will score points. Is the Oklahoma defense legit? There's arguments to be made on both sides. Obviously, Oklahoma's defense has not played anyone near the caliber that they'll see this weekend. But quick comparison to last year's games against similar opponents shows a significant difference in points given up. Oklahoma last year, so Oklahoma last week played Kansas. They gave up 20 points, but they really gave up seven, and then they gave up two more touchdowns in garbage time. So we'll say 20, but in your mind, think Oklahoma's top defense gave up seven points for most of this game. Not a big deal against Kansas except for the fact that Oklahoma last year, when they were rolling right before they played number 12 West Virginia, right before the Big 12 championship game, right before they played Alabama in the playoff, they gave up 40 points to Kansas. 40 points to Kansas. That's more than they even gave up to Texas in the Big 12 championship game. So remember, that that's a big one. They played Texas Tech a couple weeks ago. Again, Texas Tech did not have their starting quarterback, Alan Bowman, but remember they didn't have him for the second half of last year's game, and Jet Duffy did a pretty good job against Oklahoma last year. This year, Texas Tech scored 16 points in the whole game. Last year, Texas Tech scored 46 points in the whole game. So we're already seeing common opponents from last year to this year are scoring not even in the same ballpark. I mean, they are they are getting shut down the way you would expect a team like Oklahoma to shut down teams. Again, UCLA, they played last year. They gave up 21 points. It was actually a pretty decent performance. But this year they gave up 14 against the UCLA team that ended up turning on their offense the next week and scoring 67 points <laughs> against Washington State. They they only scored 17 against Arizona. They scored 31 against Oregon State. But they scored 67 points the next week after Oklahoma stopped them uh, and shut them down at only 14 points. So we'll actually find out the truth about them this weekend. But it's interesting to look at the teams that they played last year and compare them to the teams that they played this year and what they've done and see, okay, there is something to this improved defense but at the same time, they are playing a much better team. They are supposed to be a team built on on takeaways. They haven't really just gotten a ton of takeaways against these bad teams. They've not given up the touchdowns. They've not given up the points. But at the same time, they're they're not just like racking up uh, interceptions and fumble recoveries and things like that. And I think that'll be the key. 
pressure on the quarterback is a big deal. I really have noticed a lot more pressure being put on the quarterback by this team. And I think that's the biggest deal is as a defense, you have to have an identity. I have never expected this, this Oklahoma defense to be a Clemson or an Alabama, but they didn't have to be. All they had to be was not even an Iowa state. All they had to be was, I don't know, Cincinnati or some team that's like in the top 50. You just have to be in the top 50 in Oklahoma would have won like three straight national championships. And I'm not even exaggerating that they would have definitely won last year with a top 50 defense. They would have definitely won uh, in Baker's last year with a top 50 defense because the offense scored a ton of points. So I'm not going to go on this rant for too long. I've, I've talked about this many times. So I'm not asking the Oklahoma defense to be Clemson or Alabama. I'm asking them to be mid-tier and they'll win this game big, and they'll win every game big, and then when they get in the playoff, they'll have a close game against an Alabama or a Clemson or a Georgia and or an Ohio State, and they should win. Obviously, you never know what can happen. I'm just saying, I think the defense is improved, but I could totally be proved wrong. Sam Ellinger could light them up because he is improved. He is a much improved passer. He has really become a, a really, really, really good quarterback and if he wins this game Saturday, he's got to be top three Heisman. He's got to be top two Heisman. If he wins this game on Saturday and he's the key and he's the reason, why wouldn't he be up there next to Joe Burrow? Why wouldn't he be up there against next to Justin Fields and Tua and Jalen? Now, if, if he if he implodes and doesn't play well, then, then okay, we'll write him off. But uh, like I've said many times, I'm not a huge fan of the guy because I I am an Oklahoma fan. But if I was just an objective college football writer, I, I don't see any reason that you can't include him in that conversation, especially early when you should kind of be pulling in a lot of different uh, a lot of different names because we have so much college football left to play. So yes, the Oklahoma defense against Sam Ellinger is the key to this game. Of course, Texas defense could have something to say about that. They could should um, turn Jalen Hurts sort of into the not excellent passer that he was at Alabama, and and we'll see what happens. They could stop the Oklahoma running game. That that might that might happen. But I I've said this for the last probably since Lincoln Lincoln Riley got to Oklahoma. No one can stop this offense for that long. It's just if you can keep up with the scoring, and we'll see what happens. There are other games in the Big 12 this weekend. I don't care about them. I don't think you do either. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's the Butt Bowl. Baylor University against Texas Tech. They moved it away from Cowboys Stadium, which is probably good, especially this weekend. We don't need that many people in this town at once, even though that's obviously out in Arlington. But they'll be here in Dallas for the fun thing. So that's fine. They moved it. It'll be at McLean Stadium in Waco. This weekend, that was always a weird fit being at Cowboy Stadium. Never understood that. Never thought that that was um, that made too much sense. I, I don't think Alabama A and M Arkansas should be there either. Play it at your places and have some atmosphere and culture. That place is sterile and cavernous, and you kind of spend the whole time looking at a screen. It's weird. Much better to play this in Waco. Much better to play this in Lubbock um, every other year. So. That's uh, that's another game this weekend. Iowa State plays West Virginia. Iowa State better win that game just for the sanity of Big 12 fans who 
and college football fans who think Iowa State's actually a good team, and then they dominated uh, TCU last weekend and, and said, hey, we're actually good. And then they'll probably like lose to West Virginia this weekend. It's It's been a very up-and-down year for Iowa State. Let's hope they win this game. Not not necessarily because I'm cheering for them. I just I want some consistently good teams in the Big 12 so we can kind of know what we're talking about. Oklahoma State, I thought, was a consistently good team, and then they go and lose to Texas Tech last weekend. Give up 45 points, only score 35. Spencer Sanders looks like a freshman again. I mean, he's kind of looked like a freshman all year, but he looks even more like a freshman this this last week. I don't know what to say about Oklahoma State. I don't think anyone knows what to say about Oklahoma State. Let's hope Iowa State becomes a team we know what to say about. Uh, Baylor has been really, really good. If they can get a win over Texas Tech, it'll be 6-0. and Matt Rule just got an extension till 20-whatever. Art Bryles is fielding ineligible players over in Mount Vernon. It's been, a, it's been a great year for Baylor. Matt Rule is the man. As a neutral, that's an awesome move by them to sign him to an extension because I was thinking, like, I think I even mentioned this earlier in the year, this this seemed like it could be his last year in Bay, at Baylor because he's done such a good job. He's a very well-respected guy, and then there's teams, NFL teams and bigger college teams that might want him. He seems to enjoy his time in Waco, and he, they, he, and they locked him down. And that's good for Matt Rule, and it's good for Baylor. And so, yes, I just ended my OU Texas podcast by talking about Matt Rule, but I think that's a big deal. And I didn't really mention or talk about anything of substance in the bullets this week because I got interrupted by a guy calling himself Bad Baker Mayfield and then another guy, Sanctimonious Sam Ellinger. Gloomy Jalen Hurts joined, and I guess cool Kyler Murray too. It was weird. You'll have to read it. I don't understand what happened. I'm still a little befuddled by the whole thing. It's a befuddling weekend. It's an amazing weekend. If you go, enjoy the beautiful weather. Wait an hour and a half in line for a Fletcher's corn dog. It's the greatest corn dog you'll ever have in your life. You can't get it anywhere else. You can do what I did the other day and just go to the fair when it's not OU Texas and the line's like one minute long. And then I got two. And you can try all the other fair foods, and it's great. And I saw the rapper Yellow Beezy and uh, didn't get a picture with him. Apparently, Paul Wall was there, too. The Poe Up Poet. The Poe Up Poet. You'll hear the peas popping. Let me use my little guard here. The Poe Up Poet. It's, uh, it was great. I didn't see him there, and it's really disappointing. Anyway, that's another great note to end my OU Texas podcast on. If you enjoyed this OU Texas podcast and you like gloomy Jalen Hurts and you want to hear more amazing sound bites from his great press conferences, continue listening here. Continue reading the Big 12 Bullets. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Rate on whatever, which way, whatever, whoever, however you want to rate it. And uh, tell your friends. Tell your friends about the newsletter. Tell your friends about the podcast. I will be appearing on 105.3 The Fan, the home of the Dallas Cowboys, on the KNC Masterpiece with my boys Kevin Hagelin and Corey Majors, Friday night at 8.22 p.m. We'll be talking OU Texas. We'll be talking other parts of college football. Yes, I do have opinions on college football beyond the Big 12, and I spout them off irresponsibly on a Friday night on local radio. So listen there, listen here, 
Stay tuned for next week, where hopefully I'm not depressed from losing the Red River shootout again. Until then, this is the Big 12 Bullets. Set up.